So we're going to start the second session now this morning. And again, it's a little bit interactive as well, so we keep our thinking hats on. Um, and we've just heard from Craig this morning on the importance of encountering the family of God, what it means to be in this family, in this world, a bit of the theology. And now we're going to move on to the second part of our mini-series here, Experiencing the Family of God. And when Craig and Neil and I, we were discussing this, and we were discussing kind of the outlines, I was like, I'm taking experience. That's mine. I want it. I want to talk about it because it it's very real to me. Uh, and I'm excited that we get to go through this together. So it's quite a broad topic, experiencing the family of God. But I'm going to break it down into three chunks, and we're going to work through it in those three chunks. And you all have heard this before, and Steve Petch, who many of you know from, he's now Welcome Church Woking, used this slogan, belong, believe, become. And uh, I think the breakdown of those three things really encapsulates what it means to experience the family of God. So the first one is belong. We can experience the family of God by belonging. As many of you will know, Marika and I have moved around quite a lot. We've lived in quite a few different countries. I was 19 when I moved to Spain. I lived there for five years. And when I moved there, I was like, yeah, I know, church is important. I need to go to that. But my main priority was finding a flat close to the beach. <laughs> Very important. Uh, and I went sporadically to the small little Baptist church. Uh, I think there was about 20 people there that met every week. Very committed people, but it wasn't really a priority for me. And you know what I knew? I kind of knew I was neglecting to gather with the body of Christ. But I thought, yeah, I'll go every now and then, and uh, I'll do my good Christian duty. And then that was in Spain, and Marik and I got married. And then we made the decision to move to Dubai. And I said to Marik, okay, now we're going to start. We're going to start, we're going to go find a church uh, where the Lord wants us, and we're going to make that a priority. And when I got to Dubai, it was quite a stressful time. I had a medical issue with my eye, and we didn't know if we were going to stay there or not. And six months went by, and sure enough, I had friends that were not in the church, and our lives just were based around that and not in the church. We actually became professional church shoppers. Uh, we visited nine different churches in six months, uh, and then we finally settled down in this one church. We felt very comfortable there, but we were already not making it a priority. We had all our other friends, and when there were social gatherings, that took priority, and we went there. When we did uh, kind of things at home, it was, okay, well, who are my work friends? And kind of church was just this, this thing that we did, because we, we should do. It's a good thing as a Christian. And I was very aware I was not placing a priority on meeting with other Christians to sharpen me, to encourage me. And I started to feel really flat. And looking back, I was in a bit of a depression, actually. And it wasn't kind of a situation that the Lord threw me into. It was lots of little decisions that I had made about not prioritizing gathering about not prioritizing belonging. And then we moved to the UK, and I said to Marika, right, third time's a charm now, right, third time. 
are going to place our spiritual home as more important than our physical home. And we made the decision to move where we live now based on BFC being our spiritual home because we knew the importance of belonging. And it's the same for each and every single person here this morning. Do you know that you belong? It's a good question. Do you know that? Do you know you were called? No one's here by accident this morning. No one's part of BFC by accident. You belong. Paul says in Romans 15, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Christ has welcomed you. He has called you to him. Therefore, welcome each other as Christ has welcomed you. You know, a warm welcome is a tonic in this hostile environment that we live in. Sometimes it feels like the week has battered us. We've gone through such trauma in work, at home, personal lives, professional lives. And when we gather together, we belong together. When you walk through the door on a Sunday morning, as Craig said, you should feel a relief at coming home to be with your brothers and sisters who build you up, who you belong with. Not just Sunday mornings either. Life groups, prayer meetings, social events. We belong together because it can sometimes feel like, oh, another church thing? <sighs> Can't really be bothered, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> Often I feel that way sometimes. But actually, no. That's a feeling because I might be tired. But I know the priority is to belong. Because I do belong. We belong. Just like me in Dubai, I didn't prioritize gathering. And I suffered spiritually. I felt empty. Like I said, totally a doing of my own. And the answer was always right in front of me. Don't neglect to gather. We live in a very privileged time, and one that carries, though, a different kind of danger than the Romans were facing that Paul wrote to. Those people, they, they grasped on this word that they probably wouldn't even be able to have read themselves because they might have been illiterate. They hold on to these words that Paul had written, and they encouraged each other. Paul said, welcome each other, because they were being killed outside. They were being hated. Now, we don't necessarily run the risk of being killed here in West Sussex for our belief. But I wonder if that apathy that we face is actually a bigger killer of our effectiveness, smothering our desire or need to gather and belong. We get notes of, eh, I'll get around to it. And we can read a warning to that in Revelation in the letter to the church at Laodicea. And John writes here from the words of Jesus, And to the angel in the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would you that you were either cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. 
not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. It's quite stern words, that isn't it? We've all heard that phrase before, a lukewarm Christian. That's what I was. That's what I was. I was saved by grace, but I was neither hot nor cold. I thought, I was, yeah, I'm quite self-sufficient. I've got a good job. I'm providing for my family. I don't need church. I don't need to belong. I'm a, you know, I'm a strong, independent man. Or woman, should I say now as well. <laughs> and that is a lie that our culture sprouts. A dangerous one. That you are, can be on your own. You can go on your own. We need to remember the family of God is a gift that Jesus, as head of the church, has given us. One of the many gifts that he has blessed us with. But we need to be reminded not to take it for granted. The body, the family of God is vital. We need to heed this warning in Revelation. And let's prioritize belonging as we experience the family of God. Let's not neglect to keep meeting up. And let's welcome each other good to welcome each other, because we are a family. So, the first round of questioning, uh, each section was going to be two questions after the first section, uh, after each belong, believe, become. So the first set of questions, do you feel you belong in the family of God? And the second to that is, what can you prioritize, what can you do to prioritize belonging? So again, two minutes in your groups, do you feel that you belong, and what can you do to prioritize belonging? Go ahead. All right. Should we do some, uh, some answers to these questions? I'm going to all put our hands up at once. Or should we do like a school teacher and handpick some people? <laughs> Craig was too kind. <laughs> all right, so the first question, do you feel you belong in the family of God? That's a quite a weird one, isn't it? A weird, quite a lateral question. So I don't need to answer straight away. I'm going to add an addendum to that there. Do you know that being part of the belonging 
has nothing to do with the way that you feel or act or do. You belong in the family of God because Christ has called you. Any kind of thoughts about what you can do to prioritize belonging? Tennis commitment. Engage. Helping others. Helping others. Being vulnerable. Very good. This is all part of being a family, isn't it? This is experiencing the family. And sometimes we get a bit caught up in uh, just the rhythms, don't we? And the liturgy of church life. But actually, it's real. It's experiencing. It's experiential. All right, so the second thing we're going to do, we're going to move on to now believe. So do you know that following Jesus isn't a solo mission? Like Craig was saying earlier, we're not meant to be on desert islands. We follow, to Je- we follow Jesus together as a community. Now what does that look like? Belonging is so important to what it means to be the family of God, but without belief, we just turn into another club. And belief is the foundation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We can also take it for granted that we have accepted Jesus as the only way. And we can become used to it. You know when you get something new and it's exciting and, oh, you, it's, it's, I, I think of kind of computer games when I was growing up. I get this new computer game and I love it. I'll just be obsessed and spend hours on it. And then, you know, the next shiny thing comes along and you get a little bit, Kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, I really like it, really like it. But this, ooh, look at this thing now. Sometimes it can be a bit like that, can't it? We can, we can forget that, you know, how amazing God is. Over time, that initial buzz wanes and we become used to it. Complacent, even. Being together as a family is vital to keeping us grounded in the faith and excited about Jesus. How often, when we gather... Do we turn to each other and go, you know what? You get to spend eternity with the Father. And even more so, you are not condemned for your sins. You are free. That's, that's exciting. And you know, when you're on your own, it can feel like, yeah, yeah, okay, but I've got, okay, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Right, the kids need this or work requires that. Hang on, we need, we need each other to go. Remember the good news of Jesus. Yeah. I need encouragement all the time. In uh, the first lockdown. Yeah, thank you, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I need encouragement all the time. I do. I'm a sucker for it. I started a, a different career a couple of years ago in lockdown, and I've needed a lot of reassurance from many people. Marika's constantly telling me, Russell, it's fine. And I go, yeah, but you're my wife. You have to say that. (laughs) But then I have community here. You know, Craig, Neil, and myself, we meet every week and we discuss church life. But we also discuss how each other is doing. And they encourage me. Just, I I can't even put it into words. Meeting every week, sharing with someone how I'm feeling, what I'm struggling with, and going, let me pray for you. God is good. God is good. Don't forget it. You know, I meet up in life groups. We all meet up in life groups. I share my struggles. I think in the first lockdown, I provided 
I think, oodles of entertainment with what was going on in my new job. Everyone's like, what happened this week, Russell? <laughs> and I received prayer. I received encouragement. And to have people remind me, I have a loving Father who is with me through the Holy Spirit, revitalizes me. My faith is strengthened. And I continue on this journey in community stronger. And this is a building block of what it means to experience the family of God. You are not alone, and your faith is encouraged. It can be easy to think, I've got it all together. I'm a Christian. I should have it all together. You know, how often do we go out and we put on a bit of a show? And that, that becomes a bit of a performance. And we don't serve a God who wants us to put on a show. Why do we do that for each other? Why do we act as if, you know, I've got it all together. I've got it all together. Put on a brave face. You know, many times, Marika and I, we can maybe have a light marital tiff on a Sunday morning. And then, right, church time, right, game time, let's go. <laughs> That's, you know, why do we do that? God doesn't want us to put on a show. He doesn't want us to live with anxiety of going, oh, if I've got to ask for help, then I'm a failure. That's the exact opposite of being in a family. And you know, this is the quote that Craig mentioned earlier. I was like, it's mine. Mike Pilavachi posted an amazing quote this week online. Religion is, I messed up, my dad's going to kill me. Sonship is, I messed up, I need to call my dad. And you know, how many times do we feel like that? I found that, I found that so powerful. kind of gives me a little bit of shivers now even. You know. When we gather, we need to encourage each other, build each other up. God's not out there with lashes waiting for you. He's like that prodigal son, the prodigal father almost. Call me. I'm here. I love you. Not only do we belong, but we build up each other. You know, he's a father who already, God is a father who already loves us. He gives good gifts, and the family of God is a good gift. I want to look at a couple of verses that back this up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing, songs, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. These are kind of fantastic verses that carry the weight of what meeting up and encouraging one another in the faith means. So we're going to kind of go into the second round of questions now. We'll spend maybe five minutes. And I really want you to kind of, let's come up with some good answers here of, of what we can do to answer them. So, how does gathering build up your faith? And what can you do to build up each other's faith? All right, so we're, spent, we, we're kind of running on good schedule here, so let's spend a good five minutes on this.
Okay, can we start coming back? So, if we, uh, this time I will ask for some questions, uh, answers in the audience. So the first, and well, together really, how does gathering build up your faith and what can you do to build up each other's faith from each group? Go on, Ju. Yeah. So there are young, really young kids here that are younger than my kids. There are kids that are older, and there are some older people here. <laughs> Where are you looking over there? <laughs> fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Your 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 kind of your social circle, if we call it that, is so huge that a person in their mid twenties normally only hangs around with people who are in their mid twenties. But here, we've got quite a, a broad spectrum that you engage with. Well, <laughs> not that broad. Not that broad. Is the roundness is that due to the lunches? <laughs> That's my own insecurity. <laughs> Anyway, at the back, they had loads of answers, they said. So it's about gathering, being intentional and gathering. How about your group, guys? Nina, Duncan? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, yeah, that was something I was extremely encouraged by going through all the preachers with everyone about how open and honest it is. And that's not a performance. You know, this is, this is reality. This is truth. Here you go, Nat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things that Marika and I, when we were in Dubai, were discussing, you know, hanging out with other, other friends. We couldn't really... You could go so far and no more. And with us, you can, you can go to that all that way. Go on, Tash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that we've got that option? Let me pray for you. You know, we don't have to say go to the go to the go to Google. I was gonna say go to the library. Who goes to the library? Go to Google. Go, go find a self-help book. No, let me pray for you. You know, you guys. Yeah, um, I, we, we talked about the way that you 
Yeah. Testimony. You know, we share testimonies. We should be sharing testimonies every week. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. This leads on to the third part now this morning, become. And uh, this is also just as equally as important as the first two in experiencing the family of God. There's a history of become. (laughs) I'm I'm not taking it from that. Um, We don't gather just to stay in the same place. We want to grow. We want to become more Christ-like. Life is a journey, which means there is a road to walk. And we don't walk that road alone. Sometimes we need people to walk beside us. Sometimes we need people to walk in front of us and lead us. And sometimes we need people behind us to help pick up things that we're dropping. It takes community. And as we've been going over the fruits of the Spirit this summer, we not only want to hear these words, but be doers of the word. To take this in, to digest it, and to see fruit. And this is spiritual maturity. Now, as we belong, and as we believe, we also want to grow and develop the spiritual maturity. And as has already been said, uh, let's be clear, this isn't based on age. There are some incredibly young, mature Christians. And they could also be old, immature Christians. It's not an age thing. This is for all of us. And there are quite a lot of verses that discuss this, and I want to just read one, and I'm going to preface it with the same thing Craig did and said, this is Ephesians, and we are going to be getting an Ephesians talk. I think we're spending a lot of time in Ephesians as elders. So Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And as we go into this section, though, let's also keep in mind that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we should be stretched encouraged and motivated to embrace our new identity in Christ. As we've learned about what the family of God is and experiencing it, we want to develop into that maturity. We don't want to be tossed to and fro by deceitful and cunning schemes of man. One thing that is a danger for us, moaning, grumbling, complaining, Gossiping, lying. These are things that we kind of do all of us every day. Is that maturity? Is that what Jesus would do? 
as a church family, we are stronger when we operate in unity. The enemy would love nothing more than to disrupt the family of God who gathers together. You see, God's plan for this world is salvation through Jesus Christ. And a part of that is living in unity as a body of believers, his church. This is God's plan for us. And his local church is an outworking of his church. I can't go to America and meet every Sunday, but I can in Billingshurst. That's his plan for us. A group of followers of Jesus gathered together celebrating the risen king. And what better way to create division than to grumble, to lie, to complain, to gossip. Psalm 133 describes unity like this. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. How good and pleasant. Is BFC good and pleasant? Pretty much. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> unity is also a gift from the Lord, and we need to guard it. For Satan prowls around like a lion, looking for cracks to pounce. And as a family who belongs and believes, we must guard our unity to become. Are you actively pursuing unity? When you come across a friend who has hurt you, as Craig's kind of ended his talk, when the church is doing something that annoys you, when I say something that makes your eyes roll, are we practicing unity? Or do we moan and complain and lie and say, it's fine? Pfft, not fine. <laughs> you know, do we go up to us? Craig said, do we go up to somebody? I feel like he's using my notes. Do we go up to somebody who's upset us and we reconcile? Are we, are we guarding that unity? And this is what we as Christians should be famous for. A family of God united together by Jesus. If you look at the church today, that's absolutely the first thing that comes to mind, isn't it? <laughs> a family united in unity and peace. Yes, no. Absolutely not. But it doesn't start out there. It starts in here. It starts in here. Are you making choices that promote unity? Are you praying for unity? Are we praying for everyone here in BFC? For the leaders? For those who serve? For the children? You know, we are just a group of ordinary people with ordinary problems. And we need each other. And we need to be praying for each other. As we gather and belong together, we grow in our faith and we become more Christ-like. And we can walk in all the things the Lord has planned for us. And ultimately, come to let more people come to see and know the saving grace of Jesus. So our last set of questions. And uh, I'm not going to get answers because this is quite a personal one as well. If you feel free to discuss with your brothers and sisters. Remember, we're not putting on a performance. We're being real. How would you say your walk is going? And what things can you do in this coming term? Not abstract, not 
not, yeah, you know, attend church more often and read my Bible. What can you do this coming term to grow in your maturity in the faith? All right, we've got like two minutes. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't need answers. I won't ask for answers, but discuss amongst yourselves.
All right, we'll, we'll kind of come back together and we'll close. So I just wanted to add one more thing there that I had a really good discussion with Paul there. To this question, what things can you do in the coming term? And one of the big things I think that we forget to do is ask for help. We're all really bad at asking for help. And I'm not going to get answers in that, but I just wanted to add that in there because, yeah, it really, I said to Paul, that really spoke to me. Asking for help. You know, that question, I want us to ponder on it. But if you haven't got a good answer, ask for help. Ask for help. Okay, so to close off, these questions that you've discussed, hold on to them. Everything that you've, you've had in your discussion groups, hold on to it. Meditate on it. All right, and challenge yourselves. And as has been said already, as we leave here this morning, kind of go away with this question in your mind. How well do you know your brothers and sisters here? And as we go away from here today and the, after this weekend and into this next term, be inquisitive about each other's lives and build unity. We can and need to experience the family of God. It is vital for our walk with the Lord to not neglect to meet up, to encourage and stretch each other to deepen our relationship with the Lord and lead to maturity in the faith, which strengthens and encourages each other and ultimately will lead to more people hearing about the good news of Jesus. And Neil tomorrow morning is going to delve more into that topic about expanding the family of God. So I just want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can have this opportunity to gather here this morning to learn what it means to encounter you and encounter the family, learn what it means to experience you and experience the family. Lord, all these activities that we get to do about with fellowshipping with one another is just such an amazing gift from you. And Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that this is all possible because of you, Jesus, because of your death and your resurrection on the cross, because you loved us. So Lord, I want to thank you for this time. I pray that you would continue to bless the rest of this weekend and that you would be present in all of our conversations as a family. In Jesus' name, amen.